Welcome to Tidolo. Oh, good again. Welcome to Tidolo. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're killing What's me, bro. good with you, bro? <laughs> yeah. Hey, drink some more beer. Welcome to Tidolo Degenerates Podcast. Did I fuck that up? Yeah, you just did. Total Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> oh my god. I, I get fucked up when I say two Tidolo Degenerates Podcast. You just did it again. It just, the way it sounds is weird. I say it right. Because you say two and then... What's the intro again? Say it again. Welcome, or... Welcome to Total Degenerates Podcast. Yeah. Welcome to Total Degenerates Podcast. Yeah. Total Degenerates no, I, I can see how you, I can see how it you just kind of flows. Up. Like, I don't... Dola Generous Podcast brought to you by Resilient Real Estate. Episode two of the week, we had another UFC um, pay-per-view, but then we also have one this week. So we have tons of UFC content. Really quick, before we get into UFC, how about the Braves? The Braves are up 7-0 in the ninth right now. Going to claim the World Series from the Houston Astros. Hats off to the Braves. Who pitched? Hats off to Jake Webb. Unbelievable. Wow. Friend of the podcast. The Braves were America's team this year. Max Freed. Max Freed. Six innings. Harvard Westlake guy just fucking hammering it down their throat. Good for him. Wow. Congrats to the Braves on that. So let's get into UFC. I'll let K-Morg take the reins. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, UFC 267. Obviously, we broke it down last week. Um, had a couple of uh, championship fights on the card. Um, let's get into the top one. We had Jan Blahovich and Glover Teixeira. Um, I mean, wow. Where do I start? I mean, obviously, the end result, you have Glover Teixeira winning by um, rear naked choke in the second round of the fight. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, hats <laughs> off to Teixeira. I mean, the guy's put in his time. Yeah. You know, the guy, countless and countless hours in the gym. You can only imagine. I mean, was this his first title shot? No, he had fought John Jones before. That's right. That's right. But you know, getting but he, back, he's grind. He's, he's grinded his way back because yes. he then he lost to Gustafson. He fought a couple more wins, then got knocked out by Anthony Johnson, and then had since been back on this winning streak that he's been on. I mean, good for him. I mean, that's just dedication, hard work, get you back to the throne. He's forty year old, forty two. I think forty two year old man. You I mean, got, I mean, hats off. I we're, mean, we're in this like really strange portion of the UFC right now where you've got Glover Teixeira, like a, a you know, a journeyman veteran UFC guy. You've got uh, Charles Oliveira, it's kind of same thing, journeyman UFC veteran guy. Uh, who's the other one? You know, Dustin Poirier, grinder, yeah. kind of same thing. And you've got these guys that are Sterling, Sterling, yeah, similar. I mean, took his losses early on. I mean, We've seen it, you know. Michael Bisping was like that before. And Glover Teixeira just kind of falls in that in that line of just guys that have just been steadily just been working. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Hats off. I mean, what um, do you got on Yawn on that loss? Brutal, unacceptable. You can't lose that fight if you're. I thought he was the class of this class. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know? But you can't lose this fight if you are a true champion. This was kind of a guy to throw thrown at the wolves. I mean. Obviously, he's better than that, um, Teixeira. But Jan, like his last performances were so dominant, you didn't expect him to come out and get subbed like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, does this say something about kind of the state of the light heavyweight division? Or it's is, awful. Yeah, the, that's the worst class, the weight class by far in the UFC right now. I think. I mean, I, just off the top of my head, I can't think of another weight class that's even close to this bad. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I mean, you obviously have guys in there that are good, but as far as the elite of the elite, there's no one that is so much better than anybody in this class right now. And I thought Jan was that guy. You thought it was, but he's not. He's not. Turns I mean, out he's not. So that that puts a real damper on this. I mean, just think about how important fucking John Jones is to the UFC. <laughs> like that that's what I get from this too. It's like just an iron fist for fucking 15 years basically. And no one wants to take the throne. No, brutal. That's the crazy part is it's wide open. I mean, this wide this open. fight proved how wide open it is. A 42-year-old man 
can come in here and choke you out, and guess what? You're not the champ anymore. Crazy. I mean, you've got Yuri Prohoshka, who is a very, very dynamic guy. He knocked out Dom Reyes with a spinning elbow, so a lot of people think he's next I like in line. Him. I like him. He, yeah, he's definitely dynamic, and he's got a lot of flair and flash to him. Um, but again, to me, it's like one of those things, like I just don't see the dominance that we once had in this division no, or other divisions close. might have, even with him. I mean, he's definitely dynamic. I mean, Ankalaev, a guy that fought on this card... Even his win was somewhat underwhelming. I mean, he beat Vulcan in every minute of that of that fight, but not a finish, just kind of did his thing. He's another guy that I'd really like to see moving forward. So there, there's prospects there to be seen, but um, still a disappointing fight by Jan Blachowicz, definitely. Um, let's, let's get into the fight that I picked. It was fight of the year, and to me, it lived up to every expectation. Um, I don't know if you felt the same way, but... I thought it was a phenomenal fight. Piotr Jan and Corey Sandhagen. Jan wins the fight by uh, decision. He wins four rounds out of the five. Um, to me, like I said, it was a phenomenal fight. What do you think about it? I thought you explained it best the way Jan kind of works. He's like a robot. Mm -hmm. He processes information early on in the fight, and then he uses that information to win the fight late. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. um, I love Sandhagen. Yeah. I mean, how do you not? The guy's a monster. Um but Jan is just, he's so precise. He's so technical. And Sanhagen just doesn't have that quite in his game yet. People believe Sanhagen's going to be a champ one day, and I don't argue that. I think this is making him better. He's getting better for these losses. But PTR is the face of that fucking division. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Great I, fight, though. Great fight. Yeah, it was. And like you said, like Jan just he took that first round for what it was. Sanhagen won the first round. Every judge had it that way. And Piotr said, Okay, that's that's how he's gonna fight. I I understand. I now know everything he's got, and now I'm just gonna fucking kill him. Yeah. The second round was competitive. It wasn't cut and dry, but I would say Jan probably won it. And then the rest of the fight it was it was just Jan. Like I said, just Jan coming downhill, understanding what Sanhagen had, and then just beating him up. And Sanhagen had that reach, and he was so much bigger to look like. He was. He was taller, reach, everything. But it didn't matter. Jan, Jan's just that it good. It just didn't matter. Jan is, he's special. He's special. And this was, it was a great fight. It, it was a good fight to watch. It was fun. It, it was great. I mean, obviously, we like Sanhagen a lot. Um, like I said, we we all just thought he deserved the fight. And this and this is honestly a fight that I could see happen again. You know, I, I think Sanhagen's going to go down there. He's going to beat up who he needs to beat up, and he'll be right in that title shot with another two or three wins. So, um, But obviously the state of the Bantamweight division is a little bit of a clusterfuck right now. You've got Sterling, who more than likely will come back and fight Jan, and then you've got TJ, who's also waiting. And TJ's not getting any younger either. So um, obviously you'll have Jan steamroll Sterling. But, I, I mean, to me, I just really want to get it over with and see Jan and TJ fight. That's the fight to make. Yeah, when are we going to see that is the question. You know, like how many different hoops do we have to jump through? To be honest with you, I could honestly see Dana saying, you know what, Sterling, I'm going to give you this date. If you don't fight on this date, I'm giving it to TJ Dillashaw. Only, I could see that world with that happening. The only question is, is TJ coming off those injuries, how long is it going to take him to recover? Well, yeah, because that, that's the other that, that was a huge factor is, you know, he was medically, you know, which most guys are, un unfit to fight for the six months. Mm -hmm. So how bad? He was pretty fucked up after that fight. Well, it was the knee was the right. biggest thing. Knees are not the easiest to recover from either. But Sterling's got like eight injuries apparently that he can't recover from. So who knows what he's doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I just feel like Dana's almost fed up with Sterling's shit at this point. I would be. He's getting like close he's to running. You see Jan's comments about him? Yeah, he's just like, fuck him. I don't even care about him. Yeah. Yeah, so like he's running from it, but I I mean I love the fight. Um, I would love to see Jan versus TJ. That's the that's the fight to make. Those, I, th those I think are the two best. And I think Jan's better than him. We'll talk about that if that happens. Yeah. Or when that happens. Um, the other one was a huge fight. Islam Mahashev um, submits Dan Hooker via Kamara in the first round. Just a poor performance from Dan Hooker. Just you know what the guy was gonna do. You let him do it. I, it was frustrating. It was just frustrating. We didn't get to see true Dan Hooker. I mean, credit to Islam for this. He did what he wanted to do, caught him to the ground, and kind of had his way on the ground, mauled him. Um, got sunk that Kimura pretty early in that in that round. Didn't take much effort. I looked like it. It was pretty quick, man. Yeah, pretty quick. Just disappointing for Dan Hooker more than anything. So do you think it was 
more of a letdown from Hooker or wow, Mahashev is actually kind of legit. Both. I think yeah. I think you can you can have both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dan Hooker's kind of going down that downhill that we, we thought he might be going down. I wasn't willing to go there yet, but now I am. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sliding down the back back nine of his career. He's kind of like, okay, he's actually not a top five guy. He's kind of like a he's kind of like an eight to fifteen guy. Yeah, and I think I'm kind of there too. Islam looked good. I mean, I'm not willing to put him in that top tier of guys yet. But he's getting there. Okay. He's getting there. What What do you think? Of? I mean, it was a it was a very very. Uh, I mean, obviously it was dominant. He right. Got it, he got it done in, within three minutes and just called it. You know. Um, I think we're looking at a very very tough fight for Poirier or Oliveira in Islam. You think he's gonna get? No, I don't think. He, I think he has to fight one more fight. One more. Yeah. yeah I was gonna say. We'll talk no matchups way. in a minute. Um, Hamzat Shemaev, the other main fight on the card here, um, wins via rear, rear naked choke, um, taps him out like what two minutes in the fight, kind of similar thing to um, Mahachev. A, a minute forty two. Yeah, very soon in the fight, he he absorbed one strike in the fight. That's kind of the big talking point that everyone's talking about. Did this fight prove anything more to you? What did it, what did what did it? Reveal no, it to did. You? It did prove a lot to me because he was okay. so banged up from COVID. You know, he con- like you said, contemplating retiring. Mm-hmm. He was not right. He was took him a super long time to get his body right, and we didn't know how he was going to come out. He was so good before he got the COVID. You know, he was so dominant, and we didn't know if if it really did take a toll on him. But mm-hmm. he looked like the same old guy. Yeah, you know, which is good for the UFC because he has a chance to make a run at it. Because oh, he's, he's a huge name. Yeah, huge name, very impressive fighter, super talented. I mean, Lee's not fucking terrible. No, he's no. not. He's not, but he made him look. He's bad. A top fifteen. He's he's ranked appropriately right in that eleven range. Uh, it but was Hamzat proved. Guess what? I'm I'm not in an eleven range. I'm a, I'm in there. I'm a top. Hamzat five. is a top contender for sure in this class. Okay. So I I was very impressed with him, and I think it says a lot about him coming off pretty much an injury. I guess you can say. Yeah, that. to me, it was just the physicality that we that I mentioned before in the podcast. It's just. He's just a, another level of fighter where I think the champ has the physicality aspect in Usman to where a lot of guys don't at the welterweight uh, division. So right. um, I guess my question now for kind of Shamayev is, I mean, we can talk matchups in a minute, but was it concerning with the whole weight cut issue? Because that was, he was doing the t- towel trick. Yeah. That's not good to see. No. I don't it, like that. Yeah. I mean. First weight cut in what two years probably, not so, two years, about a year though. About a year, okay. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with the way guys cut weight unless you can blatantly see it in their performance, mm-hmm. and you didn't see any setback in his performance. So until that's a thing, then I'll then I'll get concerned because you were very concerned with uh, uh, who, who who did Marino beat? Um, who uh, the the light the the guy who weight uh, cut weight. You were very concerned, and it turned out to be a big factor in his fight. You know, Costa Vittori? No, uh, Marino and oh, uh, Figueredo. Figueredo, yes. It was sorry. a bad weight cut. Yeah, and that it, are you concerned like that? Um, I would say no, because Shemaev on the scale did not look like he was sucked in and like he had nothing left to give. Like he looked like he could have, like it just looked like he. I mean, his first weigh-in was one seventy-two flat. Right. So he technically only had to cut um, half a pound to make the welterweight limit. So, um, well, I take that back. It was a full pound. But anyway, like, he didn't look like fully sucked in. Where, like, you looked at Figueredo at 126 or whatever he weighed in at, and it was like the guy, like, had a very difficult weight cut. Like, Shamaya was kind of like, he walked up fine. You know what I mean? We've seen yeah, guys no. have very scary weight cuts. It didn't look like a scary weight cut to me. So I think it was just one of those weight cuts that maybe they were just off by a pound on a scale beforehand or whatever it may be. Yeah. I, like I said, until I see the per- performance alter because of the weight cut, then I'll be concerned, but I'm not concerned with this right now. Okay. So we've, we've obviously talked about two very, very high level contenders that we saw on this card in Mahashev and also Shamayev. Who do you like the two of these guys to fight next? So we can start on the welterweight. Go ahead. So I, 
Uh, throw Luke at him. Can you okay. imagine that fight? Violent, Luke violence. <laughs> violence. Straight violence. I fucking. I mean, I love Luke. I mean, does, does he earn Luke? I don't know. He he's he's tough because Luke's going one way. They're both going the same direction, so I think that's hard yeah. for Luke to take that fight, kind of going backwards. Right. Um, if you want to say, throw him Neil Magny. That's that's the name that's been thrown around most is Neil Magny because what's what's Magny ranked like eight? Magny's ranked eighth right now. Yeah, that's a name. I also really like uh, Chiesa, who Luke just beat. That's a very physical guy at the welterweight. I like Chiesa. He's very big. I like Chiesa a lot. Um, so I like that fight a lot. I mean, the name that I've seen a lot for him. And again, it's 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 not a fight that kind of gets me up in the morning, but it's Nate Diaz. That's that's a name that a lot of people oh, are saying just fuck. because it's such a big money fight. Yeah, and it makes a ton of sense for both of them. He kills Diaz though, I think. It, it might be an ugly fight. That that's yeah. like Diaz is a guy that doesn't get finished, and I think Shamayev might finish him. But but Diaz is great on the ground. You know, yeah. like he he will hold his own on the ground. He's not a guy that's been subbed, to my knowledge, especially not recently. So I mean, that's a good fight as well, and we know he can take a punch. That's not the issue either, because um, Chael Sonnen, who he talks to Diaz a lot, apparently was saying, you know, Diaz has been talking fights. Who does he like? He wants. He was thinking Luke or Ferguson, right? Um, because apparently, according to him, he wants the biggest money fight right now, which would be Jake Paul in boxing. Diaz in the future. Yeah. That's that's just something that was said. I don't know. I could see that. I mean, it would make sense for Diaz because then he would take that one giant fight and then move on. Yeah, this would be done. I mean, I think he's, yeah. He's got one fight left on his UFC contract. Oh, wow. So this has got to be his biggest. And I think Shemayev kind of fits that bill. You'd make that a co-main event on But I don't card. think he wants to get embarrassed, though. Like, and mm. I feel like he could get embarrassed. I think he could get embarrassed against Luke, though, too. Yeah. Ferguson would be a good fight because both of them are kind of, tailing off yeah i agree with that so that's that's an interesting fight um but still very uh Shemaev, i think shamayev is a fight away from the belt i do that soon huh well just well you already ate you think about if you get the guy in the top five i mean they they matched him up with leon edwards at one point who was three like they want this guy they do. on big cards they want this guy going yeah fuck i mean he he's real deal so now that he's backing up and rolling with it Fucking throw him to the wolves. <laughs> Fucking that. wild. Um, all right, so that's Shemaev. What do you think about Islam? Who do you give him? Dariush. Oof. Kim Dariush. Because, okay. um, I mean, you got Gaethje and Chandler fighting already. You got Poirier and Oliveira. The winner of Chandler and Gaethje deserves the title shot. Really? I think so. Two versus four. Yeah, something you know, like that. The, yeah, it's, yeah, it's two versus four. Um, the, those guys are coming off losses but i think they deserve it more than islam does i mean islam doesn't deserve a title shot like i i i think you give because darush doesn't have a fight lined up right now does he no yeah so i give islam darush well where's rda ranked because rda has been a guy that they've talked about a ton with him he was supposed to fight him in this eight. one except hooker he's ranked eight islam's yeah. now past him islam's five now yeah i think islam's kind of beyond fighting rda now and ferguson i think he's above both those guys now. well the ferguson matchup makes no sense to me because we just saw daryush ragdoll ferguson in the last fight yeah and, and hooker still ranked six right so i think i think give him daryush i think that's a good i actually fight. like that i actually like that matchup to be honest with you i like that one um Two two pretty dominant wrestlers. Obviously, Dariush just taking care of business against Ferguson. I think that's a good matchup for Islam. But then the other one to me that it the winner of for uh, Gaethje Chandler I think is another potential one for Islam. Uh, but I think those guys whoever wins that fight has to get a title shot. No, I don't think necessarily. Like they're both coming off losses. True, from the last but title shot. But what do they? Who do? But Gaethje, neither of them were like dominant champs to deserve it that fast in my opinion. Gaethje lost to. Gaethje lost to Khabib. Khabib, that's his last fight, right? Yeah, it's been a year. And Chandler lost the champ. Yeah, to Oliveira. So, I mean, those are good losses. No, they're not bad losses, but, like, neither of those guys were, like, one fight and then you're back up. No. uh, This isn't McGregor or Poirier we're talking about now. But you think Islam jumps them? I think Islam fights them. Fights the winner. Those guys got to fight twice to fight the belt. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Well, because Gaethje, and we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about that fight in a little bit because I just don't think Gaethje or Chandler are big enough names to where it's just like, hey, these guys 
deserve the fight again. You Dana, know what I mean? Dana loves Chandler. I mean, he was pissed that he lost that last fight. He, he but he no, lo- but he he also not that he loves Chandler. He likes Gaethje too. But I think uh, well, I guess he doesn't love Bellator guys all the time. That's right. He kind of hated Chandler at first, but then he knocked out Hooker, so he kind of liked Chandler yeah. after that. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. The lightweight division is always kind it, of a cluster and tough. It just makes sense for Darius and Islam to fight in my mind. I like that. I like that a lot. And then let him figure it out from there. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's get into the UFC 268 preview. Um, headlined, obviously, Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington, too, the rematch. Um, we always start off with our fight of the night pick slash your favorite fight on the card. Who are you thinking in this, is your fight of the night? Ooh, I mean, it's hard to go away from the main event because I'm so fired up for that fight. Yeah. I mean, these guys truly hate each other. Um, if I have to pick another fight, it's tough. Um, I like the Bobby Green fight. Bobby Green, Ally Quinta, huh? I, I'm I, I'm a low key Bobby Green fan. Yeah, I kind of root for him, mm-hmm. and I think you know he's a slight favorite in this Fights fight. Fights out of SoCal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, these guys aren't going in with the division, but I think it has a potential to be fight of the night type fight. Yeah, it's interesting. Bobby Green, obviously, um, really good hands. He was kind of on a winning streak, and then kind of faltered a little bit against Tiago Moises and. Uh, Rafael Faziv, who both guys are ranked guys. So it's not like Bobby Green's losing to like slouches. And Ally Quinta at one point was ranked sixth in the division. He's beaten Kevin Lee twice. He had a big main of, or I think co-main event slot against Donald Cerrone. So like Ally Quinta's also been there. Right. To me, that's a tough fight for Al because he's not great on the feet. And I think Bobby Green will be able to stop that takedown. But I, I agree with you. It's going to be a good fight. I like that there's, fight a lot. There's some really good fights on this card. Like Shabazian, like... Fucking love that guy. Shabazi in it. No, you don't. I love the I don't I I don't hate Shabazian. I hate Shabazian. Why do you hate Shabazian? Because I, I bought into the whole Ronda Rousey training partner. Like this is the next king of the middleweight division. He's only like twenty two years old. Like he's the next coming of Jesus Christ. And then he just gets stomped out by Derek Brunson. Like legitimately stomped <laughs> yeah. out. Because he has no cardio. And then he loses to uh he just lost to fuck, what's his name? Uh, the other middleweight guy, damn it. I actually faded him. Yes, Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson oh. beats uh, Shabazian um, by decision. Because, again, Shabazian wins, like, the first round. He's still a name. Like, Shabazian's still a name that you're going to watch and be interested in. He's got he a does. tough matchup against Imavov. Imavov is a very good striker, and he just knocked out uh, fucking um, Ian Heinish. Yeah, Ian Heinish, who's a pretty dominant wrestler, and he couldn't take him down. And that's Shabazian's game, is he's going to be able to strike and then kind of mix in the wrestling. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that against Imavov. Imavov is really solid, and he's bigger. Who, what, what fight are you looking at? To me, I mean, to me, the, this this main event to me is everything. Right. Let's, let's stay away from that one for purposes of okay. this argument. Or not this argument, but potential. You're saying it has a chance to be fight of the night, sub of the night. In a, like a good fight that you're not really expecting. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it a little bit on the main card, but it's kind of it's it's probably the most underwhelming fight on the main card. It's Shane Burgos and Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more in depth, kind of the reasons behind it. But I think that fight has a chance to be have some major major fireworks. Okay, I like that fight a lot. Okay, so um, the prelim fight, the, the fighter specifically that we're going to be watching out for, you got Alex Pahea coming in now. He's only three and one in MMA. But the reason why this guy has been so high profile, one, he's got heavy, heavy hands, and the guy can absolutely bang. He's obviously a kickboxer. But the caveat to this guy is he has beaten um, the champion, Israel Adesanya, twice in kickboxing events. Oh, shit. So that's the whole you know, marketing ploy by Dana White here is this guy could be the next guy. Wow. And he's legit. He's actually knocked out Israel Adesanya in one of those fights, too. The other one by decision. Um, obviously, he's very green, MMA specifically. But as far as like pure striking and kickboxing, the guy has some thunderous hands. He's a fucking dude. No, he, he's good. He has a loss already, though. But again, it was, his, it was his first MMA fight when he lost. So he's obviously got some growing pains, but everything else has been knockout, knockout, knockout. So 
we're expecting really big things from him as far as in the striking realm goes, but it will be interesting because Israel Adesanya, when he came over from kickboxing, had a little bit more experience where UFC kind of jumped the gun and said, all right, let's go now. But again, this is a guy that it might be on the fast track, kind of similar to a Hamzat Shemaev or Islam Makhachev. So very interesting to watch out for. Yeah, I'm going to watch that one. That's a big one. And that's the main, uh, that's actually the main prelim fight. So he's going to be fighting uh, Mikhailidis in the middleweight division. He's a big favorite now at 260 Preya. So something to look out for on your uh, early prelim fights too. All right, so let's get into the main cards. Kicking off the card, we have number eight, Frankie Edgar, who's a plus 155 dog fighting number 13 ranked Marlon Chito Vera at a minus 180 favorite right now. Um, I'll kick this one off because this is a... Uh, your guy a personal favorite of mine and frankie edgar and um i don't know how many viewers we have or listeners we have that are kind of in the new age of ufc with the mcgregor poirier love and all that nonsense o- but like OG. Frankie, two, two ogs frankie edgar to me is like my first guy like matt hughes frankie edgar were like my guys back in the day especially when he was fighting at lightweight um now seeing him fighting at 40 years old i mean it's a completely different fighter but i mean at one point he was like you know, 14 and one beating up dudes at lightweight being the champion. And that's how I remember Frankie Edgar. And it's really hard for me to kind of watch him now. When I look at his record, let me see his record right now. I know it's disgusting. 23, nine and one. Yeah. Like the fact that he has gotten nine losses now is just really disappointing. But I mean, to his credit, they're all elite guys. I mean, he's lost to Max Holloway. He's lost to Benson Henderson, who was also champion at one point. He's lost to, uh, San Hagen, San Hagen. Yeah. Who's obviously been up recently. And then he lost, yeah, uh, Korean Zombie, yeah. Ryan Ortega. So it's like his, his, the later end of his career, he's been losing to the top guys. It's just hard to watch. Um, this fight, though, he, like I said, he's still ranked eight, and he he's coming off a win to Pedro Munoz, and then a loss to Sanhagen, who, again, Sanhagen just walked for the belt. So he's still competitive in these fights. And in this fight, he he definitely has a, a chance. Um, Marlon Vera, obviously a guy that has gained a lot of notoriety coming from the Sean O'Malley win, which, I mean, I don't want to say it's controversial, but there was an injury that right. ended up with the decision. Whether or not you think he was win, I guess, is irrelevant right now since it happened so early. But the other day, Marlon Vera wins the fight. He fights Jose Aldo to a pretty close fight. He loses two rounds but wins one round. And then he goes out and beats Davy Grant in his last fight. So Marlon Vera is also a guy that I like to see competing. Um and competing at a high level. So what I will say about this fight is Frankie Edgar still, even at the age of 42, is a very dominant wrestler. He can go out there and just chain takedowns and get this fight to the ground. And Davey Grant was able to do that against Marlon Vera in their last fight. So what I will say about this fight is I can definitely see the line movement just absolutely keep pushing on Marlon Vera. It's going to keep going and it's going to keep going. So for me, I could... I see a route for Frankie Edgar to win this fight by decision if I'm a betting man because I think the value on that will be outrageous. Um, if if on the flip side, if Marlon Vera gets to minus 150, I think that's also bettable because at the end of the day, I do think Marlon Vera has the gas tank and will have the striking advantage in this fight. Regardless, these are two OGs, two very technical guys. You know, you want a wrestling clinic, you watch Frankie Edgar. You want a BJJ clinic, you watch Cheeto Vera. The guy can sub you out in a heartbeat. Um, I don't think he gets the sub in this fight, though, to be honest with you. Frankie Edgar's not a guy that gets subbed easily. I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think the difference of the fight is his ability to be comfortable on the ground with a wrestler. And and he has the ability to knock you out. He does. He does. And, and that's obviously the latter end of Frankie Edgar's career is, I want to say, three out of his last four losses – Knockout to Brian Ortega, knockout Korean Zombie. And I don't think he submits Frank Edgar. I don't think. No. And then, well, the last one was the knockout, obviously, to Sandhagen. So. I, I, I like Vera in a decision here. Like I said, I think the gas tank's a huge factor here. Mm-hmm. But Vera can also knock you out, which yeah. I think is going to be key. Um, and he's never been knocked out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Edgar winning this fight by knockout. I see this going to decision. But again, the other narrative is obviously that Frankie doesn't have the chin, and I mean, there's also that route where Marlon Vera can knock out Frankie Edgar, which would hurt to watch. But I've been hurt before. I think it's Vera by decision or very, very late knockout. Okay, fair enough. Um, 
Next fight, I mentioned this is potential fight of the night for me. We got Shane Burgos ranked at 14. He's a minus 200 favorite fighting against Billy Quarantillo, plus 170 in this fight. Um, see why anything on Shane Burgos? Coming off two losses, got TKO by Barbosa last time out. Yeah. Um, a little worrisome for me with that. Just, you know, strictly on the fact that he's such a, I mean, 200 is not a huge favorite, but a ranked fighter. Big favorite. Especially kind of in that fourteen to fifteen range, that's kind of a big favorite. Too big for me is what I'm I'm getting right. Okay. Like that, it it's big, but you know you expect that with a, a ranked guy fighting a non-ranked guy. Mm-hmm. Billy Q is not bad. He's not. He, he's not a bad fighter. Coming in, winning four of his last five fights. Um, I I like the value here. You like the value. I like the value. Yeah, I mean, Shane Burgos is an interesting fighter because. His last two losses are against two very, very elite guys in this division. The featherweight division in, in itself is just a murderous row of just absolute dudes. And Shane Burgos is one of those guys. I mean, the Josh Emmett fight was a war. They went to three rounds. I'm, I'm trying to think if that was actually a, the main event in that fight. Maybe not. But anyway, uh, it was a very, very close contested fight. Um, and then the Edson Barboza fight, which was the last one. I mean, I remember watching that fight with B, and it was the one where uh, Burgos... Like he got like I think it was a spinning kick, and then it was like five seconds later he like stumbled and got knocked out. Do you remember that highlight? Yes, I do. Now that you, yeah, it was the the delayed this, the delayed reaction knockout. to that. Yeah, yes. all of a sudden he falls back to the cage. Yes, yes. But that whole fight was fireworks. I mean, you obviously Edson Barboza, one of the best strikers, kickboxers in the division in the UFC, and Shane Burgos, one of the best boxers. I mean, that fight was straight fire. I mean, I think crazy. Burgos should win this fight. But it's gonna be—he's gonna be pushed. Billy Q is gonna—he's shown multiple ways that he can win. Mm-hmm. He's won by decision. He's won by knockout. He's won by sub. You know, he—he's making himself into a guy who can win a lot of different ways. And I think it's gonna pu- push Burgos. I think Burgos is a more skilled guy who's ultimately gonna win this fight. But Billy Q's proven he has a chin on him too. So. It's gonna. It's gonna give. I think it's gonna go to the decision, and like Burgos in decision. Okay. Yeah, for me, it's a tough fight because Burgos is such a power puncher, and Billy Q is not a power puncher. And where I think, where I think Burgos kind of got pushed a little bit in those Emmett and uh, Barboza fights is those guys hit just as hard as him, and it was like, oh fuck, these right. guys are also bringing it back to me later in the fight. And uh, Billy Q's not that guy, but Billy Q does have phenomenal cardio. Yes. Like, very elite cardio. Like, he can go the distance and go the rounds. To me, the one thing that the X factor that I don't think we've addressed is that Billy Q in his last fight against Gabriel Benitez, I watched every minute of that fight, and Billy Q was able to out-wrestle him. Like, really out-wrestle him. And that was something that we hadn't really seen from him because he's a lot of hands and kicks and just striking from the outside and he got that fight to the ground and dominated him so for me i agree with you i like shane burgos i like shane burgos late potentially for a late knockout but i like the value on quarantilla plus at minus 200 that's just a little too rich for me on burgos and if you're gonna bet it you're probably gonna take decision then billy q by decision yes yes to get even more value because i I don't see a route that uh he's not gonna knock i don't think he's gonna knock out burgos burgos has shown he's got a Regardless of the Barboza fight, Barboza has knocked out plenty of elite fighters. You know, we don't have to get into that, but it's like, and that knockout to Burgos was nuts. Like, he took plenty of fights, and the delayed knockout was just weird in general. I don't think he knocks him out. He doesn't have the, the staying power late in the fight to do that. So, I like decision prop, period. Fight goes over two and a half, and then also like Corintillo by decision as a prop. I just don't like Burgos straight up, in my opinion, even yeah. in a parlay piece for me. I w- yeah, I would either take him as a knockout, sprinkle a little bit on that. Or Billy Q as, you know, decision, sprinkle a little bit of that. But for most part, this fight can go too many different ways for me to bet it. All right. Let's get into one of the most anticipated fights since it's been announced. This is a fight that will, I'm pretty confident, won't go to the judges' scorecard. Yeah, fuck. We have number two, Justin Gaethje, who's a minus 200 favorite, fighting number four, Michael Chandler, um, at plus 170 right now. See why I know you've been very... um, You've been very excited about this fight. You've been you're very critical about one of these guys. I know that for sure. I'm actually very critical about both. Okay. Um, I've been, and for most of the same reason, and it was kind of the same reason you argued with earlier when we were talking about matchups. These guys kind of got thrown up there without really deserving it in my mind. I don't think either of them really deserve to be where they're at. 
And to me, they haven't proven to be elite. And so, damn. And both of them, I, I speak for both of them. You know, Chandler got beat Hooker. They, they I'm surprised they even gave him Hooker and, out of the gate. And that, and that win just keeps getting worse, worse and worse. worse. Yeah. Um, and then same thing. I mean, he. I mean, yeah. You could say he almost knocked Oliveira at in that first round, but then he gets fucking beat up after that. Um, Gaethje loses Khabib. You know, one of the best. Ever. One, yeah. Sure. You can't fault him for that. Um, I, yes, I didn't like the way he fought in that fight. Which people say he won the first round. Still, regardless, I felt like he was, you know, passive. Whatever it may be, he hasn't fought since. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a big fight because both these guys need to prove themselves a little bit to me. Um, I love the value with Chandler here. I, I I think it should be way more even. You want to know what's interesting? Is it opened up at only Gaethje minus uh, like one twenty five to one thirty? That's what I thought. And it, it has be. hammered all the way to Gaethje at minus two hundred. I would simply take Chandler because he's such a big dog. Just straight up. Yeah. I mean, if it was the opposite and Chandler was that big a favorite, I would have took Gaethje. Like, so you see, this this, this is a pretty... Uh, it's pretty even. Pop and popcorn, either yeah. way fight for you. Yeah, I'm just going to take the value with the dog. That's simply simply put. <laughs> I think they're both pretty good strikers. I don't know if I'm willing to say they're elite strikers. Um, because they're, they're both... I mean, it's hard because going into the Khabib fight with Gaethje, the narrative has been... This is finally the elite wrestler that's gonna fight Khabib and he's gonna stop the takedowns. When the fuck have we ever watched Justin Gaethje wrestle? He's never fucking. He's a he's never he, wrestled. He's a striker. I don't know why they even well, call. He wrestled in college. So yeah, like that's everyone the whole fucking thing. wrestled in college. <laughs> Every fucking American UFC fighter has wrestled in college. Right, and that and that's the funniest part about Justin Gaethje is they think that he's just this. They always bring that shit up. They always talk about it with Gaethje, and, it, and it's bizarre to me because I I was shitting on it when the Khabib fight happened. I said. When the fuck has he ever wrestled in a UFC fight? Yeah, he, he wants to stay, stand and bang, which I, I get. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would bet you he's probably had, I know he's fought, he, maybe he's got like eight UFC fights. I'll bet you he has less than eight takedown attempts. Like, it's like that. Yeah. Like, the guy does not shoot takedowns. Um, but I'm with you on a lot of, the, on a lot of your points. Because um, you, you mentioned Chandler's win in the UFC getting worse and worse. Gaethje's is looking just as bad with Tony Ferguson. And at the time, we thought it was an amazing win. But is that Cowboy one looking better? No, because Cowboy's also terrible. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like... So his best win in the last, you know, three years... Because what what did he beat before Cowboy? James Vick? He beat Barbosa. Oh, oh, he did knock out Barbosa. That's that's probably, honestly, his best win. James Vick. And Barbosa is now a featherweight. So it's like... (laughs) yeah. I mean, he's he's a yeah. ranked featherweight, fine, you know, but that doesn't prove to me that he's a top five, that Gaethje's a top five elite UFC no. lightweight right now. So that's that's my my biggest problem with both these guys, and it always has been. Is I, this hold on? Is this Michigan, Michigan State? Is it? Is 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 that is this it? Two two teams that are ranked too high in your opinion, and they're both not that good. And the winner might and the winner might be in the college football playoff. Just spitting images of each other. Yeah, what a crossover we just had. Incredible. Hopefully you listen to episode one for that. I, yeah, fucking A. Like, <laughs> no matter who wins this fight, you're not picking them to win the next fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, back to kind of my point with this being a finish. I mean, you've got two guys that are both finishers and have also been finished, which is yeah. very interesting. I mean, both their last fights, obviously getting finished, one by Khabib, one by uh, the other by the champion, Oliveria. But Beyond that, they're both finishers because of the fight before that, knockout of Tony Ferguson, knockout of Dan Hooker. So these guys, and they both have, I wouldn't say questionable chins. I would say Michael Chandler does. in his, All of Michael Chandler's losses are by knockout. Yeah, he gets bobbled. So like that is the one thing, that is a very narrative that I do think is true, that he loses by knockout. So And then with a guy like Justin Gaethje who has the power in his hands, that's, that's tough because Khabib went on record and said that Justin Gaethje, out of the guys that he's fought, Justin Gaethje has hit the hardest as far as like pure punching power. Yeah, and that and that to me, you know, that says something because Gaethje's chin's not bad. Gaethje's chin's not bad, but it has been touched. You know, he's been knocked out by Poirier. He's been knocked out by Eddie Alvarez. So to me, like, it's not a bad chin. But Michael Chandler's also got pop. He does. I mean, obviously. he fucking bobbled Hooker. That was bad. The one X factor in this fight again, and for me, the way I, if you listen to 
a lot of my picks and predictions, I, I go based on a lot of uh, who I typically think is the more well-rounded fighter in a lot of ways. Because if I think the fight's going to stay standing, who has the advantage here? If it goes to the ground, you know, who's, who's going to win majority of the minutes here in this fight? Right. To me, Michael Chandler's the more well-rounded guy, even though people say Gaethje's a better wrestler. Michael Chandler actually does wrestle. Right. And that's the difference. I mean, Michael Chandler's in some deep water in the first round. Charles Oliveira took his back at one point in the first round. And I was like, holy fuck. Well, but then he got out of it. One thing I think you got to put in, that we never talk about because it is two different things. But I think there's something that needs to be said that Chandler was a champion. He was. And he was a champion for a long time. Yeah. And I think that says something about him being up for big fights and being well, able to withstand different things in the octagon. And I think that experience is going to be big in this fight. You know what I think? I mean, Gaethje's defense has gotten better. But I always thought his defense was terrible, too, in the UFC. Like, he, he, like, he gets bobbled, too. Like, he just, he just relies so much on his power and his hands. Well, one, one hitter quitter is what he's looking for. Well, he has that pop, and it's like, this is, su- this is such a Man, volatile fuck fight. this fight. This is a, you, but it's, but it's I exciting. I hate these guys. It's a good fight for the UFC. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, sure. So, my official prediction, I'm going to take Michael Chandler via submission, Ooh, actually. Sub- I, think if he gets wow. Gaethje, I think if he gets Gaethje down, he could sub him. Wow. I think early he could sub him, too. You probably got great odds on that. Yeah. That'll be great prop. They don't have props out yet. It's a little early in the No, week. but that'll be high pay. Well, especially if he's already won 70. Yeah. I think a lot of people will bet uh, Chandler back down a little bit for the value, as you should. But, um, yeah. I, I like I like Chandler via sub because he's done it in the past. And I don't see a way that Gaethje couldn't get subbed. So Fair. Excuse me. Fair. Give me that. Um Anything else to add on this fight? I know you hate it. No, now. I'm fucking over it now. Now I'm pissed <laughs> off. Uh, but the winner, the winner of this fight, Islam Mahashev. I, I, I think. like it. I like that too. I, like I mean, it. your your other Daryush call is good too, though. Alrighty, uh, strawweight championship. We've got the rematch up. of uh, champ, the now champion Rose Namajunas and uh, Wei Li Zhang. Interesting about this fight. Obviously, Wei Li lost the belt in the last fight via knockout. But a complete pick em. Minus 110 right now on the odds. Um, my first question for this fight for UCY is, there was some controversy with Wei Li getting the rematch here. So, because you have a Carla Esparza who has actually beaten Rose in the past. And she is technically the number one contender right behind, well, she's the number two contender right now behind Wei Li. So, my question for you is, when do you feel like champions deserve a rematch versus not? When they're the better fighter. And know. it's like a fluke loss, maybe? Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, if they've held, a, held the belt for long enough and then they lose, I think they deserve a rematch. If they've been a proven champion, I think for sure. And then also, if if they are still considered the best of that division and they still deserve to be the number one contender. So, I, I think that's the case here. I, I think, Whaley, this is the this is a fight everyone wants. Yeah, everyone wants to see Whaley and Rose. Yeah, so I, I I'm glad they made this fight. Okay, because like I said, there have been controversies. I mean, like for example, you got Piotr Jan technically never defended his belt before he lost it to Aljamain Sterling. Right, but they gave him the immediate rematch. So well, to that, that was point, a little bit different too. But right to your point, it's like one of those things where it's like it, it's it's just not very consistent, which is fine because you know Dana White can do whatever he wants at the end of the day. Yeah, but I think. To your point, the last thing that you said is what makes the most sense. It's what the people want Yeah. at the end of the day. Because you look at fighters like Volkanovski and Holloway. They ran it back. Even though Volkanovski won the first fight, they ran it back because Holloway's a proven champion. He's the most popular in that division. And it's the best fight at the end of the day. Those are the two of the best guys. So you're going to run it back. So it's just one of those things where it's like, but then you have Kamaru Usman but I mean, we'll get into that. We're gonna get. Into <laughs> we'll, that. we'll talk about that one a lot in a minute. But I mean, it's just not very consistent, right? Agreed. So it's like one of those things where I know, like Carla Sparza was very upset when this fight happened. But when you've got, do you think Sparza is better than Wei Li though? No, I don't. but no, but the narrative and the marketing was there for Carla Sparza to get it because she has technically beaten Rose, Rose in the past. Right. So it's like one of those things, but because. Wei Li has already gone to war. She already knocked out Andraj, and she beat Joanna. So for me, yes, I agree. I think this is the fight because also you had that whole narrative where Rose was kind of, I mean, 
I don't remember necessarily what was said by Rose, but remember when it was the whole like communism versus USA thing? Oh, right. Because this is China versus America. Right. That kind of, it kind of got blown up a little bit, but um, it was like Rose was talking about like her mentality kind of in the, in the, uh, in the quote, but it was kind of taken a little out of context and a little out of proportion. So like you kind of have that narrative. It hasn't really been brought up too much, but um, anyway, that's that's enough about that. We'll get into more about those later because there's a couple that I disagree with. Like Robert Whitaker, I still think should have gotten an immediate rematch against Adesanya, but yeah, whatever, because he had to fight three more wins. But who do you like in this fight? Anyway, getting into this fight, this one's tough. Um, I think the fight IQ was the reason why Rose won the first fight. I think um, for her to set up that head kick so early on was something that I've, I, it's very rare to see fighters do that, um, especially so early in a fight. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was a first round knockout. It was nasty. And um, you know who does that a lot though, that I've, I watch obviously a lot and she's one of my favorite fighters is Valentina Shevchenko, where she sets up a kick to eventually knock you out the head kick. And a lot, not a lot of women fighters kind of necessarily have the power to do that besides the Amanda Nunez's and the uh, Valentina's, but Rose was able to do it kind of with timing and kind of the setup game, which I thought was very impressive in that first fight. And Wei Li, it, they're, they're two different fighters because Wei Li is a lot, I think, physically stronger and a lot more, um, just kind of more athletic in general, I would say, right. in that regard, where I think Rose is a lot more technical and can definitely box her from the outside. So um, it's a very good matchup. And I also think I also think Rose has a little bit of an advantage on the ground, too. She's definitely won fights by submission before in the past. So I think that's a very interesting route for her as well. Um, to me, I end up, I, I actually think Wei Li wins this fight by knockout. Wow. Probably like, maybe like second round knockout. I. It's interesting you say that because I've kind of been on Wei Li, like thinking about it really? all day. Okay. I, I you're, came in You're here. a Rose guy. I'm a big Rose guy. Yeah. I'm concerned with Rose because I don't always know where her head's at. 1,000% with you on that. And, you know, sometimes she's like, I wasn't ready to be the champion. My mental state. Isn't it? Is it an excuse? I don't know. She's doing a lot of commercials. She's been on the advertising scene, which I get it. You're a champion and you have to do those kinds of things. You're marketing yourself. But is she there mentally to win this fight? Um and I'm going to say yes. I'm going to pick Rose. I've always rocked with Rose. But I feel like she has that confidence now that she can win and beat anyone. And it happened when, you know, she won the belt. And she came all the way back after losing the belt. Yeah. I, I'm i going to take Rose. I think she's turned the corner. She wants to be elite. She wants to be a superstar. Dana loves her. I think, I think she wins this fight. A couple of X factors I also forgot to mention beforehand with Wei Li. Um, well, actually with both of them, Rose fights out of a very elite camp. She fights with, I mean, her training partners in, in this, uh, card, excuse me, out of elevation out in Colorado. She's got Justin Gaethje, yeah, Justin right. Gaethje and Kamaru Usman. Usman yeah. So she's already kind of preparing with those guys at a very elite level, elite strikers too. But then Wei Li actually changed her camp One, she shaved her head. Wow. X factor factor for sure. That's a factor. Um, and then two, she changed her camp over out here in the United States to fight ready. She brought her coaches, but her, her training camp is over at fight ready. You know, who's running that camp? Oh, Henry Cejudo. Fuck. I'm so Rose, <laughs> Rose by a million. Gosh, the damn one it, thing I'll say fuck off. about Henry Cejudo is he has actually proven that his fighters that he's come out of there have actually done very well. Eric Anders recently. And uh, there was somebody else that fought a pretty good, big fight the other day recently as well. Um, and then Devinson Figueredo's fighting with him too, training for Brandon Moreno. So a couple of interesting. So she's got some elite training partners right now as well. That so pisses me off. Just some things to think about that Wei Li has changed her game a little bit, and she also could be handling some grappling potentially. No, fuck in the future. that. Give me fucking Rose by a million now. I hate Cejudo that much. <laughs> who, who, Cejudo is a little bit of a prick. Yeah, he's a dwarf. He actually put his name back in the testing pool for Usada. He's planning a comeback. I good. <laughs> Bring his ass back. You know, you know what, he want, what he wants? Who? Volkanovsky. Good. <laughs> Give him Volkanovsky. <laughs> uh, uh, Volkanovsky just shinned it right to the forehead. <laughs> All right. God, that pisses me off. I'm pissed off. No, the, get ready for this one. All right. Because right. this is everything. This is everything. The rematch. The welterweight championship fight. The champion and kind of baby goat of the welterweight division. A lot of people say 
is just as good as GSP could beat GSP. You have Kamaru Usman coming off some, a couple of dominant victories, knockout wins against Jorge Masvidal, and then also, uh, who's your other guy? Gilbert Burns. Minus 330 favorite, fighting number one, <laughs> Colby Chaos Covington at plus 260. I, I just started laughing because I follow him on Instagram. He always opens up every video with greetings, nerds, and virgins. <laughs> so I was going to end up with something along those lines. So I don't even know where to begin. This is the rematch. The first fight was very close contested. I think I sent it to you this morning. The the uh, verdict judges as far as like the point system goes actually had it, I think, three rounds to one going into the fifth round for Covington. I thought it was 2-2. I thought it was 2-2 as well. I had I it very close um, going into that last round. Obviously, Kamaro wins the fifth uh, round via knockout, technical knockout. Um, whether you know it was an early stoppage or not, um, debatable, He was obviously. fucking him up. Regardless, he was fucking him up. He was, but I also would argue that Covington was still moving. Like, he wasn't, like, dead. Early stoppage dead, or not, dead but he rights. was fucking beating him up. Yes, the fifth round. Kamaro, Kamaro was going to win the round regardless. And he was going to win the fight. It was close because one judge actually had it three to one. So I mean, but I mean, championship rounds have proven very they, important. Sure. Yes, uh, Usman won that fight even if they don't call, stop it. 100% so, so to me, obviously, it's a rematch for about a year. I, I think almost two years, year and a half plus um, from the first fight. This one's at Madison Square Garden. Obviously, a very huge card. Um, what do you got? Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to start here because, I mean, I guess my first question could be, do you think Covington has made enough improvements to beat Usman versus has Usman gotten better since that fight also? I think Covington is probably the same level he was in the previous fight, which is an elite level, mm -hmm. very good level. I think he's not declined. I don't think he's per se increased his talent level or his dominance. Um, he's, I mean, it was tough to go up from where he was at. He's fucking that good. Yeah. But Usman has significantly gotten better since that fight in my mind. He is the elite of the elites. And his aspirations are so much bigger than Colby Covington. Oof. He's going for pound for pound. He is the pound for pound number one. Greatest ever. Yeah, that's fair. He's going for pound for pound greatest ever. Like, he's not worried about... I mean, he's worried about Colby Covington. But he wants to be John Jones. He wants to be on that level. And who's to say that he's not trending in that direction? He's fucking been dominant. You tell... you. It always comes back to, Usman can't do this. Usman can't do that. And he keeps doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, they said he couldn't fucking strike a mass at all. He knocked his ass out. Knocked his ass out. One of the nastiest knockouts we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Usman's on a different level right now. Usman is legit. Usman's great. Covington's... I love Covington. Mm -hmm. It's just... There's levels to this shit. And it's not the same fight in the same two fighters as we saw before. Wow. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm with you with... You look at Covington's most recent fights. He didn't get a rematch, even though it was a very, very close fight. And not, I'm not saying he should have, but his next two fights were very weird. He fought Robbie Lawler and then Tyron Woodley. It's like, it's not really... Yeah, it wasn't really They close. weren't competitive fights at all. Like, he just... He ran right through them and then called out Usman, which is, you know, whatever. You make your fights however you want. You get, you get paid the most money for the easiest fights. That's always kind of the book yeah. of... That's how you want to make money and stay, you know, young and stay healthy. So, and he did that, which is fine. But Kamaru Usman has been on a murderer's row of just <laughs> absolutely going crazy. I mean, the whole narrative on Kamaru Usman um, when he got the belt was, you know, one of Covington's nicknames for him was um, he's Marty Fake Newsman. You know, uh, he always calls him right. that. He's always too boring. You know, all this stuff. Snoozeman. That's what you call him. Marty yeah. Snoozeman. Um, so, yeah, that was the narrative. And then he comes out and starts knocking people out. Obviously, he changed camps and he's over at Elevation, as we talked about before. So, I mean, there's been an elevation. And to to bring up an old fight between you and uh, Blaine, that Kamara Usman is the one level of example of someone that actually has gotten better from training and um, grinding since he got the belt. He, I mean, yes, I think, I think two things about Usman. I think 
the Masvidal wins were overrated. Because uh, I've never Fair. been a Masvidal guy. Fair. But the Burns wins underrated. Ooh. So it equals itself out. Because okay. I think Gilbert Burns is a fucking dude. Mm-hmm. And no one seems to be on that train. Yeah. But Burn, <laughs> I mean, Burns beat up Masvidal after that. They didn't fight. Or was it? Who did he? Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy, sorry. Who beat Masvidal. Right. <laughs> but I think Burns is a good fighter. and But Usman's gotten better and better. I, I'm looking forward to this fight. I think it's a good fight. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a great fight. You, what, I mean, what do you got on Covington's kind of persona? You think it's pretty real or do you think it's kind of like one of those things where it's like he's trying to sell fights? I think it's about 75% real. Okay. Maybe maybe even like 80, 85%. I think for the most part it's real. Hmm. I think there's a little bit maybe in there, but I, I think that's who he is. Yeah, I, I think it's – I think I'm kind of with you. I think it's like maybe 70, yeah. maybe like 65%. Like the way he acts in interviews, I think it's him, but all the video shit is just <laughs> – It's outrageous. Yeah, shit. the Instagram, yeah. the bang energy promos, yeah, the that's... Trump stuff. It's a little much. He plays it up on there. But I do think – I actually think like his interviews, they are pretty like normal – and I do think there's actually a decently normal person because you know what's honestly true about Colby Covington? Behind all of the nonsense and behind all of the bullshit on Instagram and whatnot, the guy can fucking, he can bang. Fuck yeah. He can bang. And I don't think Usman's looking past this because Usman fucking hates him. Yeah. Like these guys truly hate each other. And that's what makes a good fight is when two guys. And I think we don't get enough of this. Usman in the wants UFC. to kill him. Covington wants to fucking bang too, man. Usman because Covington wants- thinks that decision was, you know, short and he thinks that he was winning the fight too. So both these guys have, you know, bad blood. Obviously the pressers will be phenomenal. Who are you taking? I'm not done yet with my whole spiel. Oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, let, I mean, let's look at the line. The one thing that you could say about the line is it did open up around a minus two. I want to say 60 for Usman shot all the way up to minus three thirty. So that's what the public thinks. That's what the betters think is going to happen in this fight um are you surprised by that because i'm i'm not surprised no just because uh, of what we've seen from usman in the last couple of fights. yeah the public the public is definitely on usman but i think it's actually the wise guys that are pu- pumping this number up on usman yeah because you think uh, they're putting big money yeah i think big money is coming on usman what's getting this number so high so quick because i think a lot of the public does like covington you know so i think i think they like usman too um but I don't think there's enough on either side to really make this line move like it did. I think the wise guys came in on Usman, and that's what pumped the number up so, more than the public. So where the line sits right now, like I said, minus 330 on Usman, plus 260 Covington. Obviously, you know, just by the way you're talking, I can understand that. I can understand why you like Usman in this fight. Do you think a minus 330 line is justified, and would you bet that at Usman, at that line? Um, it's a little high. But I'm not betting against them. Like, I think you have to spend a little extra to get the value of Usman. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. You know, mm-hmm. okay. you know what I mean? I think he's maybe... He is, he is the number one pound for pound yeah, fighter. Yeah, so you're going to have to pay for him. I think that's what, what it's coming down to. Is you want this guy, you got to pay for him. And it's a better opponent than he's fought in the last three fights. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not betting against Usman. So whether I take the 330 and lay the 330, I don't know. But I'm not betting against them. Maybe a parlay piece? That I like the value there. Okay. Yeah, I like the value there. Fair. Uh for for me I like the under. Really? I think someone gets knocked the fuck out. I gotta look at that. I mean, I gotta I gotta assume four and a half, considering their first fight, right? I I don't know. And both these guys are somewhat I mean, Usman is now knocking people out, but at one point he was a decision guy. Covington is kind of more or less a decision guy as well. I don't think this fight gets the decision. I think someone's going to sleep. Two and a half. Two, ooh, okay, that's a little low. Two and a half. They think someone's going to sleep then, too. They definitely They do. think someone's going but to fucking I sleep. I will say the over two and a half is at minus 200. It's been juiced. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot. So that, that is going to move to three and a half to then eventually maybe four and a half, depending on. I won't go, it won't go all the way up to four and a half. I think three and a half is the number where it settles at. Okay, so obviously I can tell where your prediction is headed, which is fine. Um, for me, whenever, cause for me, I've, I've talked about this division and Usman and Covington a couple times now where I think truly this is the two best fighters in the welterweight division right now. Yes. I put them one, two, there's a gap. And then I think it's like Vicente Luque and then maybe like Gilbert Burns right after him. I think, I think that's 
pretty fair. You know, no respect to Leon Edwards. Oh, that's his, yeah. I put him behind Luke still. And Luke is behind Burns and Edwards right now. Luke just got more pop in his hands. You love Luke. Luke's time will come. We love Luke. We but, both do. But, I, but the point being is I truly think that these are the top two guys. I think if there's anyone that's going to beat Kamaru Usman in this division, it's going to be a guy that Fair. has the cardio and has the wrestling background. Fair. So I, to me, I think Covington kind of fits that bill for me. So to me, I think that minus 330 is just a little too rich. I think maybe that 250 kind of line where it opened up, Usman, sure. He deserves that, like you said. But in the 300 range, I mean, this is this is a closer fight than 330, in my opinion. Fair. Uh, I think that's fair. So the first fight, it played out completely on the feet, which was strange considering that both these guys have very high-level wrestling backgrounds. Uh, Usman was the Division II champion. Um, Covington was an All-American in Oregon State. So very high-level wrestling backgrounds. But the fight was completely played out on the feet in the first match. Do you see a very similar kind of route in this fight or do you think one of them tries to mix it up on the ground a little bit more these guys want to bang these guys fucking hate each other they want to they want to stand in the pocket i think usman is angry Oof. at the covington comments about how boring he is because he, he obviously was because just you just see the post-fight interviews when he's knocking out fucking massive all hmm. and like how he's responded to people saying he can't fucking finish fights he wants to finish this guy he wants and covington wants the same thing Covington wants to beat him up. All right. We've talked about it enough. What's your what's your pick on this fight? Usman, second round, TKO. Second round. Wow. Yeah, second round. I'm saying like last, kind of like a mass fit all right, straight right. I I think he knocks him down and gets on top of him and finishes him. Damn. I, I think it's it's one of those. Damn. I think he I think he catches him. Late in the second round. I think the longer this fight goes, I think Covington does have the advantage. Mm. I do. You I've, think the cardio is on Covington's side? And I, I do think it is. And I think Covington has so much heart that he's going to get confidence as the fight goes if he feels like he's winning the fight. So are you worried if this fight goes in a championship rounds for Usman? Well, of course. Ooh. Of course. I think especially the fifth round. You know, because anything can happen in that. And I think... Covington's shown that he'll leave everything on the line. And at that point, if it's in the fifth, it's probably pretty close. You know, so, uh, I, I yeah, of course. I think, but I, would I love it? Hell yeah, that'd be a great fight. So, but I, I'm sticking to it. Like, late second round knockout for Kamar Usman. Wow. For me, um, I think we were talking about this in the airport on the way to Cincinnati. We are talking about B and, like, out of all the UFC upcoming pay-per-view fights, which one was your favorite? And B and I both said... Usman Covington. Yeah. Like, this is the fight to me that is truly, like I said, is one versus one, like, in this division, you know? So, um, this is this is a tough one. And I think, uh, to what we talked about a second ago, I think this fight plays out very similar to the first one. Like you said, just banging. Just straight banging on the feet. I think their level of wrestling for both of them is both very high level. So, I, I don't think either one of them has a true advantage on the ground. Except maybe Usman just physically might be a little stronger right. than Covington. But as far as like on the feet goes, I think Usman's made some major improvements in late in recent months where I think Covington is still very serviceable and he's got definitely the volume advantage where I think Usman has the power on the feet. So it's tough because I can see where Covington can continue just to land points and land points, land points. Where I think he's I don't think I don't think Covington has the power to knock out Kamaru Usman. I don't think so either. I think Usman has a very serviceable chin. We saw him take Gilbert Burns' everything, big right hands, and he you know, walked through them and kept going. If Covington wins, it's going to be a decision, I think. And that's, and that's where the value is. Right. That's where the value is. I don't, like I said, I think 330 is too rich for me for Usman, but I think Covington at plus, it might be 350 by decision. I think that's a, that's a, that's a line that I would bet. Honestly, because I, I think that route is exists because the first one was so close. So I don't see why it's so wide on this one, to be honest with you. So for me on this fight, I think my final pick is going to be Usman by decision. But Ooh. but I very I, I truly think Covington has a chance to win this fight by decision, too, because we saw the first one be so close. If it goes late, like I said, I think he has a chance. Um, B sending his picks. Oh, I'd love to hear this. Um, he has his all picks for the, feel for bad. the card. Like I said, I feel bad he's not here because he was so excited about this fight specifically. Um, he has Frankie Edgar over Vera. Hey. Hate, hate Vera. Fuck Vera. 
Uh, he has <laughs> Billy Q over Burgos. Okay. TKO. He likes TKO here. Whoa. Which we don't expect, but he likes it. Um, Gaethje Chandler. Um, he has fight of the night potential here. Yeah. But he thinks uh, Chandler finishes him in the second. Knockout by Chandler. Wow. Okay. How funny. You had Gaethje by knockout. He has Chandler by knockout. I have Chandler by sub. No, I have, I have Chandler winning that fight. Oh, you have Chandler too? Yeah. So we all picked Chandler? Yeah. Yikes. I've, like, like I said, the line has been juiced for Gaethje. It's crazy. Um, Wait, Lee. Who's he got? He just said Rose is tight. That's all his comments is. Rose is tight. Okay. Usman Covington. War. Yeah. The hype. The hate. Usman has only gotten better from the last time they fought, and someone is going to sleep. Usman might be the best fighter I've ever watched. I like Usman by TKO. Wow. Wow. Okay. Also, I didn't mention on the college football episode, he wanted to throw his honorable mention that he didn't mention Wisconsin making everyone forget about Iowa last week. True. So, Good for him. Got to throw that on the other. Good job, B. Um, to fo- finish up the episode now, obviously we've talked a lot um, about these fights coming up. If Kamaru Usman wins this fight, CY, is he, is he on the level of GSP? Close. Close. It's it's very close. I mean, it, it's trending in the right direction. Um, I, I think it's hard to argue it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because for me, like I said, if there is no Kamaru Usman, I think Colby Covington might be the welterweight champ Fair. for a while. You know what I mean? But Fair. we live in a world where Kamaru Usman is that guy. But Usman needs Covington. Very true. Usman needs Covington. Which is GSP needed Matt Hughes and... BJ Penn. Sarah. Eh, BJ Penn was lightweight, but yeah. But anyway, just final, final, final question. Is, does Shemayev offer a challenge to Kamaru Usman? No. Wow, confidently. Prove it to me. Levels. You were just talking all this hype on how impressed you were. Oh, yeah, but come on. Now you're saying, like, best of the best. Pound for pound, number one. We were just talking goat status a second ago. Yeah, like, come on. Like, there's levels. Like, prove it. Give me a couple more fights under your belt before we're talking about fucking Usman. What I will say, like I mentioned before, Shemayev's so physically strong. Usman is that level, too. Usman's the only one that is physically as strong and physically as dominant as Shemayev. So I think that is very even, and I will say that that's an interesting You think you can bench press double what Covington can? Yeah. Covington's (laughs) kind of got a little bird chest. Like an Usman bench I'm not press. talking shut. I mean, Covington is a dude, but like Usman is jacked. Yeah. Like he's dumb jacked. Yeah. Like he knocked out Masvidal and then was flexing on the cage. I'm like, that is a bad mother. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. legitimately. So we're obviously extremely excited for UFC 268. We'll be watching. We'll have um, a reaction next week. Yeah. I sent in obviously my fight card picks last week, guys. Um, again, those are not the bets that we go with, but um, if you guys want, just reach out. Maybe I'll post some best bets on the Instagram. But um, a lot of bets this week we'll have on there for college football. A lot, NFL. Of, a lot of dogs to like on this card. That's all I'm going to say so far. A lot of value on these dogs. All right. Thanks for tuning in. This is Total Degenerates Podcast, episode two of the week UFC 267 recap and 268 preview. We're out. <laughs>